This is Stretch Armstrong with B-Side Roller Derby. You're listening to Out From Under the Bed with the Boogeyman, a Meowder Limits production. Welcome, everybody. You are listening to Out From Under the Bed. I am your host, the Boogeyman. Tonight, we are joined in a video session with Show Enough from your Arizona Derby Dames. But before we get to our guests, I'm going to get to my lovely wife, co-host, co-producer, co-writer on this one, and a business partner, ramp buddy. I mean, the list goes <laughs> on and on with this lady. How are you doing tonight, master, my oh, master sedator? good. I'm, I'm really pumped. Really? Is uh, yeah. is there anything you wanted to uh, to get to, like some siphon draw products you were uh, pumped about, or oh, right. some of your coworkers? Yeah, I I gifted uh, my coworkers all siphon draw products. They all got a random mini bar of soap and a lizard lips um, lip balm because that beats Burt's Bees. Say that five times fast. Um, Any day of the week. And then, oh, I think they got some pain relief stick too. So, um, yeah, Jeremy um, was saying he's got some weird um, skin on the back of his arm that gets little bumps and he's been using that soap and it went away. So medicinal purposes and smells good and I want to eat it, but you're not supposed to eat it. So I won't eat it, but I'll try maybe. Absolutely. I mean, it's, it's the, uh, the care and all of that that goes into those products that make them absolutely work the best and, uh, what have you. So if you would like to get your hands on some of these products and you are here local to Arizona, or if you are visiting the beautiful east side of town you can visit them 4650 north mammoth mine road apache junction arizona 85119 and if you're out of state or if you just want to order something online through the uh, affiliate link that we have with siphon draw apothecary you could do so by following that link through our instagram page at out from under the bed and you can do that on facebook if you don't have an instagram account at out from under the bed with the boogeyman <clears throat> on Facebook. Uh, shop through that link tree, and um, it helps out Siphon Draw, and it also helps out the Meowder Limits Productions, as we are the first official affiliate with Siphon Draw. Yeah, and we got our first little like somebody purchased a product using our link. Like, how exciting is that? Yeah, right. Get pumped. <clears throat> That's super dope. So, yeah, buy some shit through there because uh, it's really awesome stuff. Uh, I have currently the inside of my nose covered with the sinus relief salve because it's been pretty rough for me the past couple of days. Um, so I got some of that in there with the Q-tip. Uh, it's really working out. Yeah. It, oh, yeah, I bet if you rub it on your chest, too, I bet it feels so good. I don't know. I haven't given that a dance yet. It normally just goes in my nose so I can really smell it. Um, uh, yeah, so what else we got here? You can check out our show artists, their page on Instagram, at Cherry Jane. Huge shout out to her. And stay tuned because her husband and her are going to be joining us on the program early in February. And possibly before that we are going to have an opening theme song done by the hideaway and a, cl- a revolving closing song 
by Los Nalgonis. Mm -hmm. That's Cherry Jane's group. Yeah. So yeah, we'll have a revolving. Um, it'll it'll be really fun. Season two, twenty twenty four. We got a little snippet. It sounds really rad. I'm yeah, really it's super dope. We're uh, we're really pumped to have a, a husband and wife duo, and a community uh, heading up our arts department. So shout out to them. Uh, shit. Anything else? You want to get to it? <clears throat> Roller Rage is coming up. Oh, I'm, I'm right. Sure, I'm sure we'll talk about that a lot. But okay, like, well, we'll just let me just let me just mention at the top of the show. Thanks, Master. Uh, Roller Rage is coming up. It's January 19th through the 21st. It is a all-star open gender bank track tournament held at the legendary Hall of Dames. And uh, hit us with that address. Um, show enough. It's 26, uh, 2615. I-17 and McDowell. Yeah, right? I don't know. I <laughs> yeah. just know how to get there. It's I-17 and McDowell. If you're following uh, the socials, either Arizona Derby Dames or this page, we will be pumping it uh, as it gets close to the event. So I'm going to be skating with Cal Squad Roller Derby. And um, yeah, I'm super excited to mix it up with them on the bank track. And mix it up with all of the uh, all of the talent out there. It should be a uh, challenge. Also, uh, Phoenix Roller Derby's first game back post COVID is on the twentieth. I don't think it conflicts with any Roller Rage game. It doesn't. So you should like I don't know come and watch us play some USARS at uh, Peoria Sportsplex. It's not that far from the Hall of Dames either, so you might as well just like go over there after you watch some Roller Rage. Yeah, right. I'm going to be playing like three games that day, so I'm pretty pumped on it. Um, so, yeah, tonight we're going to uh, talk to Shonuff. We are featuring them as they are celebrating their two years recently of sobriety. So get pumped on that. January is a special month for myself as I earn my 11 years of sobriety off the alcohol. So... Shout out to all of us who, shit, have one day, have many days, many years, many seconds, whatever it takes. It's fucking better. It's always better than what it was before. And if you're struggling, reach out. People are, people are there. You know, it's, it's not, it's, it's rough, but it doesn't have to be. Right. You know, and we do get better and we're here. To shatter that stigma of what, what you know, some people think addicts are. So, here we are. But we're going to dive into your roller derby career first. Because yeah. much, you know, uh, and, uh, you know, much like myself, my, uh, my enough is enough moment didn't come a few years after being a part of uh, the party scene and all that shit that came with the early days of like 2011 roller derby for me. You know, and for yeah. you even farther back than that. So let's hear it. Uh, was roller skating something you did as a kid or something you got into as an adult? So I started roller derby. I was born in Kingman, Arizona, Ugh, small town. Um, <laughs> I'm actually indigenous. So I'm Wallapai. So my, I'm from Peach Ping, Arizona. So my tribe is right outside from Kingman, Arizona. So I did grow up roller skating a little bit. I, as a kid, I remember going to the, skating rink and doing the limbo competition. Then I stopped when I got older, I 
you know, junior high and stuff like that. I played volleyball and then in high school, I did a year of, I love basketball. I always love sports. I played basketball as a power forward, really like the aggression of, of it. And then I did track and field. I did shot put and discus. And I was an alternate for the four by four relay. <laughs> and nice. I, we you know went to college. I got a fake ID when I was 18, going to clubs, was tearing it up in Scottsdale. And my sister moved away and came back. And she was like, oh my gosh, there's, she was from, she moved to the Bay Area in San Jose and she saw flat track roller derby. So she Googled it and we thought it was going to be, I grew up watching WWE. So we were like, oh, it's going to be like that. That's going to be so cool. We went to the game, uh, the castle, AZDD. And absolutely fell in love with it. Tried out, bought some cheap skates with like flames on it. I don't even know. I don't even know what they're called, honestly. There was over a hundred people to try out, and I made it barely past my skills test. And skated for probably like ten years. Took a break, and now I'm back. <laughs> Fucking a. So what was that? What was that tryout like? You know, there were so many people there, and you kind of had like a little bit of a background skating. You know, going there as a kid, doing limbo. Um, what was that atmosphere like? It was cool. The energy was was amazing. Um, I I loved it. I was all for it. And you know, I playing sports and putting myself out there when I was younger. Like you know, I'm like if I make it cold, if I don't, I'll see why and work on what I need to work on. Like not a big deal. Everybody fails, right? So yeah, um, I, I I loved it right away. I made friends, of course. Uh, I met Rough Rider, who's actually my derby wife, and she's one of she's she's helps kind of coaches the bombshells now. We connected, we were in fresh meat together and it was, it was a good time. Everybody was super cool. Um, I'm very extroverted. So I was just having a good old time. Hell yeah. Getting back into sports, you know, like, cause shit being an adult that got out of sports, I was lacking that some sort of that discipline and shit. So that's kind of like what drew me to the aspect of roller derby. Um, did you, you know, it sounds like that was a little, you know, part of it for yourself as well. You know, you wanted that challenge and, uh, to play a sport. Yeah, it, for sure. Like I wanted to get out there. I had just graduated from ASU and I just tried out for roller derby. I thought it was going to be fun. I'm like, wow, like there's practices. I really, I didn't know how to really do crossovers. Uh, I'm aggressive by nature, but but learning like the techniques it took me a while. I had to work really, really hard. I remember um, Nacho Girlfriend was in my fresh meet. Okay, I don't care what anybody says. Who you interview on the Legends? I had the best fresh meet class. I had like Ellie Mayhem, had Nacho Girlfriend, Nurse Ratchet, um, a, a Bad Betty, so many fabulous people, Rough Rider in my class. Uh, Miss Nasty was in there. Yeah. So, when I got drafted on the bombshells, I had to put in a lot of work on Saturday. Uh, Nacho, I drove and met her in Mesa, and we just work on very basics. And then when I started to get my feet more into me, I did speed skating, uh, which really, really helped. So it was a lot of work when I when I first started, for sure, because, you know, I thought it was just to be like, hey, everybody look at me. I'm like, well, I don't want to look like an ass. I want to be somewhat decent. <laughs> so... 
it's, you know, getting that, um, you know, getting my mindset to do that. And then, you know, being a team player. So I played sports like, you know, basketball, volleyball, but also when I did like shot put and discus, like I was on my own. I only had to mm. worry about myself. So when you play sports, you're not only worrying about yourself. Like for me, it's not only my skill set. It's like, how can I be a, a good teammate? Right. Like I know myself. Am I ever going to be the unicorn of the league, jumping the coping, doing all that? Probably not. Like, don't look at me like I, you know, uh, Michael Jordan. Maybe I'll be a Scottie Pippen or something, you know, a horse grant, a good role player. And I kind of just wrote with that and I had a good time. Yeah, cause it's that meat and potatoes. It's nothing. It's nothing fancy. It just gets the job done. Yeah, for sure. You know, having the right mindset, and you know, I had a lot of fun when I first started too. Like it back in uh, two thousand and eight, two thousand nine. It was a big party scene. Like, you know, we had. I think Dolly Saves Motions just posted something on Facebook, mm-hmm. like check parts and stuff. It was. I was like, this is like the wild, wild west. So everybody drank and party. And so now when I go to the after parties now, because I still, you know, I still go um, sometimes, it's it's a lot more mellow. Like it's it, it's it's mellowed out a lot. So which is it's nice to see, but I was I was in the midst of the heydays of the party scene of Derby. <laughs> <clears throat> so those uh those flat track days when you were learning when you were learning first off, you mentioned the, some of those skills. Um, what were you determined to master? Me, it well, was a crossover. Same, picking up your feet. Cause I was like, I'm picking up my feet. I'm picking up my feet. But it's like, no, it's this. It was the crossovers because that's such a fundamental skill. So definitely doing the crossovers, which took time. I still remember to this day, like rowdy roulette, like holding my hands and like, look in my eyes and then Nacho doing stuff with me on um, Saturday at way out in Mesa at the skate place there. And then once I said, once I started getting them, I wanted to amp it up more. So then that's when I took the speed skating classes at Great Skate. And so not only, so now I have the crossovers, now I have to worry about the form and like staying low and then going to do that. And everything else kind of like fell like more naturally once you got those very, very basics down. Yeah. Cause shit for me, it was a lot of straight lines and parking lot and outside. Cause you know, it wasn't the rink for me. I didn't have a car. How was I going to get there? So I just laced up and skated out the door. So like, it was a lot of that before I learned how to cross over. But the moment I learned how to put that foot over the other though, cause I had the skating low part and everything. Cause like I was outside, I didn't want to fucking trip over rocks. Cause you know, playing sports, if my knees are bent, I'm in that ready position already. So yeah. Like not sitting straight up. You're in an like athletic stance. Like when I played volleyball, when I was yep. playing basketball, like all those sports you're in an athletic stance so you know now I do CrossFit so you know it's like the athletic stance usually any sport you play you're gonna be in that stance yeah you know being a being a football kid coaches the coaches called that the ready stance because you're mm-hmm. not gonna tackle a guy like this you're gonna tackle a guy like that you know yeah so yeah that's that's uh that's good but yeah for me it was that fucking crossover man because yeah, you know, straight lines. 
learning the game of Derby too, um, we started off, we used to fake fight. <laughs> yeah. So, okay. So I'm going to, I'm going to get into that <clears throat> a little bit here. Um, now that you mentioned it, um, would you guys practice that shit or would you, um, just say, Hey, are you going to go tonight? Like, all right, I'm going to go. Or would you practice it? Like how to like properly take somebody down. Right. So they, we, we show it like you, you kind of got taught how to do it, to do it safely, to take someone down and to be taken down. So sometimes during the games, I'll be like, all right, like Hillary's gang, you know, let's, let's go, you know, Red Rocker would take everybody down. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah. Even be like, Hey, let's go tonight. You know? So you knew it was going to come, but you didn't know when it was. (laughs) So, okay. You would, you would participate in this action. Did you already know how to take a bump being a pro wrestling fan? I, I, yeah, I mean, I fought a lot too when I was younger, a little bit. I, you know, I had a sister, an older sister, so we're always getting into trouble and, you know, running around, um, just watching it. Like like I said, like, I wasn't afraid to like initially like do it or for someone to take me down, like, cool, let's do it. (laughs) You know, is be okay. Being a pro wrestling fan is part of the early days of roller derby, the theatrics of it kind of drew you into it being being a wrestling fan as well so before i picked showing up to be my name uh my name was going to be vic flair ah, nice yeah, vic flair and i was going to wear a cape it, but then you know i was like oh i, I shown us from a movie the last dragon and um i i decided to go with showing up but it was going to be vic flair and you know i love it i wanted our I still watch, like I said, I stopped watching WD and I, I started getting back into it like last year. So I was like, Ooh, we should have like this person's intro music be the bombshell intro music. <laughs> I'm such a dork. Bro. Okay. So I, I recently stumbled on that. The entire catalog is on Peacock. This includes a uh, fucking ECW all that shit. The territory days. They got everything on Peacock. So um I'm not getting paid to say that, but if you wanna if you want to uh check out some decent wrestling, check it out. I watch Monday Night Raw. Do you still watch it right now? No, res- wrestling nowadays is pretty garbage. I mean, I just like the theatric. So you know how I got back into it. So I I watched it when I was a kid and then I really like so in my 30s, I'm 40, about to be 41. In my thir- 30s, I really got into RuPaul's Drag Race. And I, I loved it. I went to DragCon. I, you know, I know all sorts of local queens. They're amazing artists. I met RuPaul, Michelle Visage. So I was like all into the, like the drag scene. I absolutely loved it. And so my dad would sometimes watch it with me because he used to like the runways. And he's like, I have to ask you something. I was like, what's up? He's like, like what what made you just get into drag i was like it's like art and you know it's really cool and i was like you know i used to watch it with mom like the like the movies that that you know they had the drag queens in it the i forgot what it was called with wesley snipes we used to watch it all the time yeah and then i really really thought about this and i'm like there has to be something else that really dragged me to drag i was like you know what it is is because i love wwe and the personas of the wrestlers the music the makeup the attitudes I'm like, dude, that's where it goes. And then I got kind of bored with Drag Race because I'm like, oh, Drag Race Thailand, this and that. And then um, this summer, I just turned it on. And I was like, 
this is kind of fun. It's kind of funky. So I started watching it again. I just went to Friday and I smacked down. <laughs> nice. So they're going to come back. I'm like into the judgment day. I'm like, I like a good heel now. So, and I remember the first time I fell in love with WWF. It was when my parents used to watch it sometimes. It's whatever. But I, it was at the beefcake, the barber beefcake guys. And Shawn Michaels was talking to Marty Jannetty and he like when he turned heel, turned heel and sensational Sherry with the mirror. And that's when I like fell in love with it. Like he's my favorite. I got to see him fight the Undertaker at SummerSlam. I was really into it. And then I love Razor Ramon. So, you know, the bad guy. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> yeah, my my all time favorite um, heel wrestler is the Macho Man. Oh yeah, he was the he, ultimate heel. Yeah, he he was amazing. Um, I always watch that stuff on YouTube, like the decades stuff. But I stopped, like I said, I stopped watching it for a while. Um, Stone Cold Steve Austin to me is the wrestler that made heels like popular. Super cool, yeah. Because I mean, I love a good shitbag heel, but he had the perfect angle of hating his boss. And everybody wanted to fucking Stone Cold Stunner their boss, and he was able to do it, you know? So, like, he had the fucking raddest gimmick. Yeah. Shit, I was a Stone Cold fan, you know? But, yeah, like, yeah. you're right. His He made yeah. the heel. That was going to be my number, is 316. Yeah. Oh, nice. So, where's your number? Speaking of your number, where'd that come from? Prince, baby. I love Prince. I was, like, 1999. That's the way I like to party. And I still like, um, I'm still wild being sober too. And one of my teammates, Skid Vicious, we were talking and she's like, you're still wild. I'm like, yeah. <laughs> Fuck yeah. <clears throat> um, so what was your first game like? So I was drafted on the bombshells. Fun fact about me is I've only skated with AZDD. And I've only been a bombshell. I'm a creature of habit. Um, so we didn't have a lot of players on that team. So, you know, people first get drafted. They're like, I skated and a couple of jams. We just got thrown out there. We got our butts kicked by like 200 points. I was just trying to have a good time and survive it. <laughs> so um, I was just ready to have fun and do the best I can. So it was the last time. It was the very last game of the season, too. So, right yeah, on. Was, yeah. As far as drafted teams go, you've always been a bombshell. But even in those early days, did you fill in anywhere? Because talking to our earlier athletes too, like Dolly and others, you know, they were drafted to teams, but like for certain game nights, they would fill in. No. Um, so like I said, I was at the end, I think of season two or three, I don't remember. So everybody was pretty, pretty rostered back then. I know season one and two, they had a lot of fill-ins and I came in, like I said, there was like over a hundred girls. And I think at this time, at this time, a lot of people had left AZRD. That's when like Ms. Nasty came, Nurse Ratchet, Nacho Girlfriend, Bad Betty, like all of them came over from AZRD. So everybody's roster started to get filled up. Right. And, okay. Yeah. So I did skate um, a season where we had like 16 people on each roster. So, I, and that's when 
you know, I really got a personal trainer because it was like, you're, we were competitive, like with ourselves. Cause this is like our roster. This is our, our playing time we were going to play for. And I've also played a game, um, with 10 people going in and we ended it with eight. I mean, we won. I mean, so, but that was, that was in your back to back to back, which, you know, I only block. So I'm like, okay, like I can fucking walk. So, and but I, especially since I came back after the pandemic to AZDD, um, there there are roster shortages. So there are a lot of people are subbing in for other teams. Like this weekend, I'm going to be skating with the Coffin Draggers. And even before the pandemic, I think that was like probably season 13, 14. There's one season I pretty much skated every game with the Beautiful Beauties. And I sub, I always sub, it's weird. All the games I've ever played on and sub throughout the years, it's only happened to be with the Brutal Beauties and the Draggers. So like, the, yeah, the one season I skated with the Beauties a lot. I even had my friend used to skate for the Beauties and she skated macaroni and cheese for like a season. And I'm like, I wore your uniform more than you ever did. <laughs> so, but it was fun. I didn't, I didn't mind, I don't mind subbing. It's a good time. Absolutely. So, okay. So you were in there a few seasons in, uh, were you one of the players that had a actual hot shots tryout or were you one of the ones they were like, all right, put these booty shorts on and let's do it. I don't know. I was way bigger when I first started. So I wasn't there when they did the flat track, it was lady luck. So they already had those those skaters and those skaters transitioned into like kind of the first hot shots when there wasn't a tryout. Yeah. Okay. And next one, um, I had worked really, really, really hard. I got a personal trainer. Um, you know, I had some skaters like you have potential, but you like, you know, my being like 200 and something pounds, like it was a lot on the bank track. So I, I, you know, I got right. I tried out for the hot shots and I didn't make it the first time. And then they had another retryout and then I made it. And I was just an alternate in the first battle of the bank. And then I think it was stabs, um, had to get stitches or something. So I, I got to like, she couldn't finish battle of the bank. So I got to do that. And then I tried out, um, I think I skated hot shots, maybe three or four seasons. And then every time I tried out, I made it had a good time um i got to know a lot of other skaters outside of the bombshells because back then they always tell you to room with somebody that's not on your home team so me and kimber slice actually she was a beauty she was captain for the beauties and me and her got to be really good friends we were always like rooming buddies she's still like one of my best friends today we just went to disney world this summer we go to movies together so we still get connected and it was it was fun it was a lot of fun You got anything, Master? I was um, curious how long your uh, break was in between you playing and now playing again. Probably like four years. I would say four years. Um, I wasn't. I took a break. So the end of my derby career. Uh, you know, after being for so long, all teams go their ways. So I felt like the bomb shows was this kind of. It wasn't really fun to come anymore, but I was. You know, I still liked everybody for the most part. And I just felt like, man, like I'm over this. Like, you know, I started to pick up weight again. Like I, I really felt like I wasn't into it. 
And like I said, I still got, got along with everybody. I was still going to practices, but I felt like, oh, this is dragging it down. So uh, we had, I think it was season 11, we beat the brides in the championship. And I was like, oh, I want to leave. But they're like, hey, please don't. <laughs> they're like, these people are leaving the team. These people are retiring. We're going to be rebuilding. Um, you know, can you please come and like, kind of like, like help with that or whatever? I'm like, yeah. So I did that one season and then I'm like, okay, I'm done. I left and it wasn't like a retirement. I just needed to leave. Cause like I said, I felt myself just not enjoying it as much. And then after the pandemic and Taylor Swift, who's the bombshells captain, it was like, Hey, would, would you be interested in like coaching and helping us? And I was like, you know, at this time, like I, I can't commit, I can't commit to it right now. And then she asked me again six months later, and I said, "Let me, let me come and see what it's like, and let me make sure I'm a good fit for everybody." <laughs> you know, like I don't want to be like, "Yeah, I'm going to do this." Like, and I showed up, and I absolutely fell in love with this team, this current bombshell team. They are amazing, and it's just it reminds me of like my first favorite bombshell team. So I've been through probably like ten of them, eight of them at least. And they're just a good time. They just love to come, try their best. And we talk about all sorts of shit, like, you know, sobriety, from like eating disorders, like stuff, relationships. So it's a real like commodity and the, everybody's fun to come around. Like I never, and I'm like, this is amazing. So I'm like, yes, I love everybody. A lot of them remind me of some of my old, um, my old teammates, like Die Vultures reminds me a lot of Emma Grenade. Uh, you know, Allie, her skating stars reminds me of, you know, the lap dancer. And then I got Dirty Carrie. When I left, she was just a baby rookie. And I'm like, oh my gosh, like she's, she reminds me of an up and coming, like goody, goody blood drop. That's, you know, goody's my girl. So, mm. and you know, and they just work so hard and the team is, it, they're just amazing. So not being around for four years, learning like the style of play, and when I stopped, like I gave, I threw out like my coaching because I was captain for a season. I was co-captain for like four. So I had a bunch of training stuff. I would help um, write the practices. I'd run some very rarely, but we had trainers. So that way for captains, we still got to skate and then we had coaches. So I would help like make practices and I would write down the drills too. So I was like, man, I'm so far behind. I forgot these rules. So uh, I had to ask Castro, who coaches DV. I'm like, hey, can you like help bench coach with me? And he was giving me some insiders. And then I was thinking about it. And I'm like, you know, I turned 40. And I'm like, you know, I think I, I know I can still do this. I'm like, you guys, listen, I'm coming here anyways. I'm going to come back and skate. So that's what I'm doing right now. So I'm, I'm skating. I'm going to skate as long as my body allows me. I'm not going to bend my body backwards. I want to age gracefully. So, but as soon as I'm like, I think I'm done, then I'll definitely go back to coaching. Fuck yeah. And the cat ears and the cat tails on game days. Oh yeah. I always changed up my, my costumes. I did, I did that. Like we played the, dra the draggers. I wore like a zombie killer shirt. I tried to have fun with it, you know, like be the best dress coach, be spunky. Mm -hmm. I, it was because the draggers had Shelly 
and she would wear the banana suit and stuff like you know I, I'm a little bit more glamorous than that so <laughs> I'm not gonna wear a banana suit but you know I have to make it my own my own thing so I, I had a lot of fun coaching it's it's a lot and so last year at Roller Rage I actually bench coached Clown Town and that's a lot of fun too and then you know you have to have skater or telling this and I'm like nope blah blah, blah. and I forgot one of one of the out-of-state players are like, wow, you're really good at bench coaching. I'm like, yeah, because it's not just calling a lineup. You got to be like, who's tired? Where are their injuries? Are they doing good? You know, so it's it's more than just reading off the list. Like it's boom, boom, boom. So sometimes Rough Riders doing it now. She's like, ah, so sometimes I'll, I'll like in the game, I'm like telling people like what to do lineup wise. So I would have to say that too. The one thing that, um, like I said, and like I'm not a jammer or anything, but I think another thing is I know I know the game a lot. I know about the transitional defense, which is also switching from offense to defense. It's so quickly in this sport. Like next thing you're playing D, you're O, and so knowing all that stuff. So it's fun. It feels really good to be back. I think I left at a really good time where I it wasn't like F these people or F this league. It wasn't anything like that. It was just like I'm just done. I think I was just not in a good headspace in general in life but it wasn't anything too bad and then being able to come back now it's just been a lot of fun hell yeah so roller derby being that party scene as we mentioned before there was a award that is no longer around you mentioned i i i went to go find it it's somewhere i won like three years in a row I actually found this though. Uh, it's a shirt that got made for exclusive people. It's I don't know because it says "Luscious yeah. Ladies of AZDD." Oh no! <laughs> and, uh, actually, Novocaine had made this for um, me, her, of course, and Hillary Skank. So yeah. So the very last time you won that, was that your enough is enough moment of like, this is what my friends think of me? You know, when, what did it for you? So the biggest, the biggest thing for me was I honestly, I don't think I would have stopped drinking if I wouldn't have taken a break from roller derby. I think the whole party persona was was ingrained with it with me for some reason. Um, I actually stopped because I, we and my friends were talking one day and we're talking about being like people pleasers and like, I'm like, oh, what is that? And then she, they shared a podcast. It was called The Overwhelmed Brain. And I was like, oh, I'm a people pleaser. I didn't ever think I, I was. So my, my biggest thing was I needed to learn how to set boundaries. Mm. Uh, that was the first thing I wanted to learn, not to get sober. Like, you know, I wanted to set boundaries with myself. And I that's where like my journey initially started. And I went ahead and oh no. Oh no. All right, we're getting back with our guest right now. We had a Zoom launch failure or whatever the hell it is. 
Uh, Master, you got anything where... No. Um, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, you Okay, I'm trying. <sighs> it picks up so much ambient noise, this watch. But it won't... Oh, right. Join from your browser. There you go. It was just a compressed screen last time. Join audio. Start video. Um, here, I gotta expand this. Oh. See, I screwed this all up. See, technical difficulties here at the Outer Limits, yeah. everybody. Hopefully, we're you're doing. By the that. way, I don't think we've mentioned this really yet in this in this episode, but we're trying something new. We're doing a Zoom. Okay. Yay! We're over Zoom right All now, right, we're back. and uh, trying to figure out how to. This work meeting on this. is being recorded. Unmute. Got it. Hello. There yeah, we there go. Yeah, there it is. Unmute. Boom. All right. Sweet. Now we are officially back on Out From Under the Bed. Hopefully everybody just enjoyed those deep cuts there of Master and I figuring stuff out here on our end. But so you left off there with setting boundaries. Um, it cut off at that point. Yeah, I just like setting boundaries with like myself and you can give with everything and on and on and more like honoring myself. Right. So like different ways to do that. And it started like, you know, like managing my money just just stuff like that and i would set mini goals and i more say i was sober curious so meaning like okay i'm gonna go 30 days without drinking 45 60 90s 90 days and then what i realized though when 30 days would hit that 31st day i would make up for those 30 days in two weekends so i identified as a binge drinker mm. so i would go crazy on the weekends the weekdays not so much maybe sometimes so, um, and then, you know, I really started getting into Spartan races. I, I, you know, I had some people I met when, from LA, Derby Dolls, when I was on the Hot Shots, really cool, Susie yeah. Snake Eyes, Gory Spelling. So a lot of them, when they retired from Derby, they, I would watch their posts and they were like doing like Spartan races and stuff. So I was training for one and my longest time without drinking was 90 days. And I ended up going... 95 days and then COVID happened and then the races got well the races got canceled after it was like 60 something days but I'm like yeah you know I'm still not gonna drink and I didn't drink and um and then I was trying 100 days and then when you know working from home you're able to go to drive through liquor store let me go get some trolleys and go drink with my dad because you know I was taking care of him at my house and then going to Costco and getting, you know, the bottles of vodka and just like watching movies and just like drinking all day at my house because there's nothing else to do. And then I was like, yeah, this is crazy. I don't know what's happening in the world, but I can see this not doing good. And I decided to give myself a year of sobriety. Um, I saw something on Instagram. I don't even remember what it was called. Sober Girls Guide or something. They had this thing. And I took this workshop and for me, it didn't really give me anything because people were like, I can't go more than two weeks without drinking. I was like, whoa, <laughs> like, uh, you know, but everybody's different. I did it. And then the program kind of ended and I was like, yeah. And then I did my year. And after that, 
I drank um, the first time I drank after the year. I was in San Francisco with my cousins. We went to the Cardinals San Francisco game and just got really buzzed. It was a good time. Nothing crazy happened, but we just had fun. I woke up the next day, not hungover, drunk maybe a handful of times after that, and then realized like, man, like I'm spending money, empty calories. I'm like, I don't really like this anymore. And then I got COVID over Christmas that year. And I was like, I think this is a sign or something. And then it was December 21st. Um, and I was like, you know, I think I'm just done. You know, this is not really doing anything for me anymore. And then, so I just, I just quit. I felt I didn't really work a program. And then I kind of felt when this happened, like, should I have a sober community? You know, because you always think about AA. And before when I thought about getting sober, because you know how it goes, like you go, you get blacked out drunk. You're like, oh crap, who did I text? Did I cussed somebody out. How much money did I spend? Everything's fine. But you're like, still kind of feel like- that How did feel. I get home on my motorcycle? Oh, <laughs> I would leave my car um, and not to pick it up, you know, get a lift. I did there sometimes too, like how did Tyro my Honda get me, how did we get home? So I did reach out to a couple of skaters um, that were sober. And back then I was just like, God, how can anybody be doing derby and being sober? Uh, Red Rocker, I remember talking to her one time and actually Sissy Skate Six, um, she used to say for the brides. And I, they were in AA and I never went to an AA me meeting, but I, you know, I did a lot of research. I just didn't feel like that was for me. So I always thought like, in my mind, you're sober and you go to AA. Like I didn't really think of anything. And then I decided to get sober pretty much on my own um, and have fun with it. Even the first year I was sober, I had a baby blanket <laughs> one month, two months. People are like, are you, are you pregnant? That's I'm like, awesome. no. Celebrating my stuff, you know, like, you know, let's make everything a big production. So, <laughs> um, so yeah, my first year when I decided to be sober, sober for real this time, um, like I threw myself a party. It was one in a million. No, 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 no. It was, no, it was, it was notorious one for my one year. And then this last year it was too legit to quit. And so like, so I always think about what am I do for my third one? So Going back to that, um, I didn't really have a program. So I did some research and Lion Rock was a, is a really good resource that it was like $9.95, like 10 bucks a month. It's free if you do their AA meetings, but they also have like women in nursing. They had um, being sober and like, you know, LGBTQ community. They had coffee, coffee talk, which I like. That's just like, it's people just gathered at sober and you were in a Zoom and, and you would just like talk. And then after like a couple, like three or four months, I'm really picky too about things. So there's a couple people that I would go to their, that they would lead stuff, but it would turn into them like always talking about like themselves and stuff. And then I got kind of bored of just like sitting around talking about sobriety and then I realized like man like only thing like I have in common with some of these people is that we're just sober like they don't like sports and and then I felt like they were saying like oh like we're all friends I was like <laughs> you know and I realized I didn't want to 
I didn't want to overdo it either with sobriety. Like I'm sober now, like all I'm going to read is sobriety, all these things. I needed to like still navigate in a world that isn't sober. So that gave me what I needed to to get me going. And then I kind of just did things on, on my own. I, like I said, I never work or system. Mine rocks really good though. Oh, I like this podcast called um, the Seltzer Squad. It's about being sober in the, in the city. And these women are from New York and they would talk about, they had like hot mess express episodes and people would talk about with when they were, they would get drunk, send them stories. So it was, it was, that one was a really relatable, fun one. But the overwhelmed brain, that podcast really helped me because it was just a lot to work on yourself um, with sobriety. I mean, sobriety is just the tip of it. Um, and actually, I go to, for anybody that's listening, if you're from Phoenix, there's a community called Barbell Saves. It's a CrossFit and it's completely free. If you're in sobriety, free, you need to pay nothing all they ask you to do is be 40 hours of, you know, alcohol drug free. And that's kind of like where, where I kind of fit in, you know, we do like a, like, you know, question of the day can be random things. And then we work out, we talk and we go home and I, I absolutely love it. So there's also, I haven't done anything, but I think it's called Phoenix rising or the Phoenix. They're also a sober community. And they do things, they go out to ice cream socials and they play, they go and play games together to do pickleball and every, every event that they do is also free for people. So there is a lot of good like networks out there um, for people that are looking into be sober or sober curious. So I read a book, I even have it with me and this one really opened my eyes. I didn't realize there was a book called Sober Curious. Oh, nice. Yeah. So it's, it's so, so what is this? It talks about like your own sober journey, right? Cause some people just want to drink in moderation. Some people, is this reevaluating re like what you and your journey is? So me and Skid Vicious on my team, like we talked about moderation, you know, and she did her home, home moderation thing, you know, but sober curious, this is just like with your relationship with alcohol and then what different stuff will work for you. Um, the unexpected joy of being sober is an actually good one that I like. And I read Quit Like a Woman. This one was okay. I did like how it said the radical choice to not drink in a culture obsessed with alcohol. Oh, so I read Okay. All right. Yeah, so, <laughs> so you bring you bring that up. It was I was gonna ask you, because in my experience, I never went to the program. I you know was a few years into athletics. I was that curious enough to stop drinking because right. the challenge for me was to become an athlete again and not drink as much. Mm -hmm. But I found myself heavily binge drinking on the weekends after parties, shit like yes. that until that final enough is enough moment for me. And after waking up and doing the most dangerous thing is what I found out later, many, many years after this, I could have fucking died just quitting like that, being that heavy of a drinker. Because mm -hmm. I didn't, I just, like I said, woke up and was like, I don't want to do this anymore. And I just stopped. Then mm -hmm. many years, many, many years, like, I don't know, I think I was like six years in, five years in, something like that. I went to a few AA meetings and those were not for me. 
um, because I was so far into it and I'm like, well, you know, I'm not, I'm not shitting on anybody who goes to the program. I'm whatever, whatever helps them, you know, but I was like, this really isn't for me because having that willpower, I felt that some people that are in there shaking, physically shaking, mm-hmm. would just wish they had that because they gasped when I said, I woke up and said, enough is enough and just stopped. Right. You know, they, I was like, I don't think I belong here. You know, so I never okay. went. So how did it go for you in that social situation, in that culture, like how that book says, just ruled by alcohol? Because as an alcohol-free adult, there's not many options for fun for us other than just going to the bar and hanging out with our friends who would bend their elbows. So what was that experience like for you? And I might share mine after that. So show enough is a very like social person. So I am, you know, I... For me, this is for me. So it's really hard, like when I talk to people about it, because I'm like, I don't, I don't really relate to anybody because my stories is like off the wall. So when I was talking about when I first, even before I became sober, was setting boundaries. So I was learning how to set boundaries before becoming sober. So when I became sober, I told my friends like, hey, I'm taking a year off. And then I started drinking, no pressure. And then when I'm like, I'm going to be sober, um, my friends were like, okay, so when we come over, are we allowed to bring alcohol to your house? Like, you know, we want to support you any way you can. And I said, hey, listen, listen, the world is not going to stop because I decide not to drink. People are going to do whatever they want. And, you know, I'm not, you know, as long as you're not shooting needles or whatever, you can drink. I don't care. So I'm just worried about like myself at this point. So I said, I will let you know. So I tell everybody right away, I don't drink. And I'm very, I'm, it's just my choice and I'm very loud about it. So like I said, when you saw my social media, one month sober, I, you know, I have my, my journey up there. I thought myself parties, everybody knows about it. So when I went to Vegas, um, Lady Lawless is one of my best friends. Her, uh, my old coach, her husband, Danielson had a 40th birthday party in Vegas. So we stayed in in this incredible mansion out there. I mean, it was huge. There was like 30, 40 of us in there. And we only had a couple of people to a room. It was legit. So when I flew out to Vegas, I literally had a shirt on that said sober mode on. So right when people were coming in, everybody knew I was sober because I literally had it blasted on me. And a couple of people came up to me and they're like, hey, listen, like we're sober too. I'm like, great. You know, I got stuff to make mocktails. Like, so like, if you guys feel overwhelmed, like, let's check into each other. But for me, like, I'll tell people I'm sober. I don't have any, a lot of sober friends. I maybe had like two people in my life that didn't really drink. My husband doesn't drink, but he doesn't go out anyways. But like my, my core group of friends that I'm still best friends with, um, they still drink and, and, and that's fine with it. Like the places I go to, uh, usually have good foods and I eat wings. One thing sobriety has brought out in me is my extra, my inverted side. So sometimes I'm like, man, I just want to chill at home and I, I just won't go, but I'm really enjoying things a lot more. I'll drive myself everywhere now. And if I want to leave, I'll leave. So, mm. <laughs> um, nothing has really changed much because I fully advocate for myself with, 
with like no shame. And honestly, like I'm going to be 41. And at this age, it's not when I was 21, like even when I was 21, cause like I said, I had a fake ID when I was 18. Um, and I'd be like, I'm not going to drink this weekend for two weeks. My friends would be like, well, I just take this shot yeah. No one does anymore. And like I said, just this, the community as a whole in roller derby, like the after parties aren't as well as they used to be. A lot of people like, you know, marijuana is legal now. So a lot of people more smoke. But a thing about me, though, is I'm actually straight edge. So I don't even smoke pot. I don't do anything. I drink caffeine. So some days I don't even drink caffeine. I'm totally straight edge, um, which I love because I really get a sense so if I'm like having a bad day, I'm not going to be like, God, I got to smoke or I got to do this or I don't smoke cigarettes either. Um, I, I really feel it and I process it and I can. And so everybody talks about mental toughness and all that. Like, what about your, your emotions and just like channeling in with that. And it's really good. It's good to feel angry. And, but for me though, I'm not really an anxious, an anxious person though. So I know some people that are sober that still smoke because they get anxiety. And I, for me, I'm not like, I get anxious sometimes, but I'm just not an anxious person and I'm very fortunate. Um, but yeah, I feel all the emotions and it's, it's amazing. It's really empowering. So I am totally authentic, like 110% authentic. And I love it. <laughs> Absolutely. I mean, full honesty, I will for pain management and shit like that. And being kind of anxious from time to time, I will eat edibles and or smoke marijuana, but I am sober off the substance that was going to end my life. Absolutely. Yeah, he um, has back and he doesn't want to deal with pills. He had his own yes. pills. I'm like, can I talk about it? He's like, yeah, like, go ahead. So like he had his own issues, like, you know, with this pain management, with his pills. And finally he's like, I had enough. So he's been having his miracle, miracle, I can't even talk, miracle marijuana cards. So, but he hates alcohol or he doesn't drink. And like I said, everybody's sober story is different. So I'm not here to be like, if someone's like, I don't do alcohol, I'm sober, then you're sober. But, um, oh yeah, but I'm absolutely. Just I'm just clarifying for like, some, you know, maybe certain, cause certain members of the community, you know, it might frown on that or this or that, you know, like how you said, I'm not shitting on anybody's journey. Fucking if it helps you, it helps you. It's harm reduction at the, at the end of the day. Because like I said, yeah. alcohol was going to end my life. It was going to end my relationships. It was going to not make me a father anymore to my daughters because of my horrible behavior I displayed when I was drinking alcohol. So, um, like I said, full disclosure on that. But yes, it's, it's amazing on how, like, when... Cause like how, how you mentioned the after parties were a little bit more mellow for, for, for you when you, um, at the start of your journey and stuff and, um, for, you know, myself and others, it was that am I'm going to show up there. And like, like I said, I couldn't go back to that ever. So for me, it was when I go to hip hop shows and shit. I'd have that pitcher of water and that drunk, some drunk would always be like, man, what's in there? I beg, oh, it's fucking vodka, dude. Seven bucks for like the next two minutes. You better hurry. And that motherfucker would go stumbling up to the bar and like, 
look all stupid and shit. I'm like, ha ha ha, what a jag off. I still go out. like I So I would like- pull that shit like totally because in like, you know, other than not wanting to go back, it was more the habit thing of being social, you know, like I'm like super social and shit. But having my arm bent like this, having my arm bent and in a conversation, drinking liquid from a fucking cup in a social situation. And I couldn't have figured that out sooner. Like, what the fuck? But I'm glad I figured it out. Master, you got anything on any of this? You want to jump in here? I got nothing. Because when was when was your last time? having a drink like oh, i think it's been four four years now about four but i i didn't i stopped drinking because it just hurt my tummy yeah see like it hurts my tummy um and then sucks. i drink like one beer and i'm peeing out my butt for three days and i'm hung over for some reason like maybe i'm just old now yeah and you know like i went out to bombsmiths the bombshells have something called bombsmiths like every year they go and you know drink party but it's nothing crazy and i said hey listen like you know me being sober of course and the oldest person on the team i think that um me and friday need to have our own bedroom with our own bed and they're like absolutely so people accommodate me like to like i'm working the like the first bout I'm working and the second bout I'm skating in this Saturday. And I saw that I was working the merch. I'm like, wait, am I going to have to like pour a beer from a keg? That's not triggering for me, but I still want to be around that like that much. The smell. Okay. Just like texted. I'm like, Hey, do you mind switching me? They're like, absolutely show. So like, I have like no problem, like advocating for myself. Um, and like I said, I, I really love my teammates and everything and being around them. And, and so going to after parties, I don't even think about it. A lot of them don't really drink. So like one of them, Jaeger is like, you know, I'm going to be sober with show. And, and, um, if you ever, so I know you do a legends, but you should also look into do like rising stars with like rising the rookie stars or a couple of your skater stars that are going to be the next generation skaters. That'd be a really cool thing. So Jaeger is super like hockey player, um, really cool just a cool person to be around with and they are a bombshell and i and i remember like them puking in the middle of the game and i was coaching or practice i'm like just imagine if you weren't vaping and then they came up to me you're like hey like can i ask you like how you became sober and we talked about it and then a week or two later they're like hey i'm i stopped vaping and then now they haven't vaped in over a year because everybody knows like man the show can get sober you can do anything (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah master okay so i'm i'm smoking mine right now on this broadcast but master and i just got our sick custom fingerboards in the mail and um with ramadan coming up i am gonna i'm really gonna stop vaping at this time because i can deal without it during the daytime but once the sun goes down during ramadan there i am if tarring it up with my vape and my food so if I can cut that shit out this year and like just fidget with something else. Oh, speaking of, I brought a uh, on on a tangent here. I brought a hand squeezer to work with me today. So I was doing that and getting a pump in on the forearm, increasing that grip strength. So shout out to uh you you know mentioning scaring Jaeger there quitting the vape. So I'm working on it too. Shout out. 
you know, we all have stuff in vices. And, you know, you said I take one day at a time. I know that sounds cliche, but, you know, that that really is what it is. You know, um, everybody has insecurities and different stuff going on. The one thing that we talk about with the bombshells, like we, you know, a lot of us talk about like eating and stuff like that. And even like eating disorders in, in the community is a big thing. When I was younger, I mean, just triggered a lot of stuff. I was like, yeah, I was like a binge eater. Like, you know, I dealt with bulimia when I was younger and then I got into binge drinking and stuff. So it was like a, like a pattern going on. I'm like, all right, like you gotta, you gotta get it together. So, <laughs> and, you know, surely, but surely, like I said, this is about, um, for me, it was definitely like those boundaries, like making those boundaries and just not being ashamed of it and really getting to know myself, the good and the bad. So, you know, I love myself, but I also talk shit about myself all the time to myself. <laughs> so like, I'm not a general, like I don't journal, a lot of people do, but I'll be like, I'll look at myself sometimes like, what the hell were you thinking today? Like, don't like, come on. But then I can also look at myself in the mirror and be like, you're a badass motherfucker. I love you. So, you know, you know, that's just took, it took a lot of practice and stuff like that. Um, but it's, it's worth it. It's definitely worth it. Save a lot of money, brain cells, age gracefully. So yeah, right. I mean, I work out in the fucking sun, daddy. If I would have been drinking over the last 11 years, I'd look like a leather. You know, sunscreen or not, I'd still, I'd look fucked up. Yeah. If I would have lived that long, but yeah, for real, it will, it will aid you gracefully. I think that it's amazing that you're doing this segment with this podcast because Derby, Derby is changing a lot and, you know, all around. And, you know, back in my day, I would be like, man, people are sober. I'm, I've never been to roller con. I've been once, um, we, we happened to be in Vegas during roller con, but partying, away from it but we went and said hi to everybody and left and i remember there was there was one year i was thinking about going and someone that posted when the la skater was like yeah people that don't drink or we're gonna get up and do this workout i'm like who would go to vegas and not drink but this is gonna be my first roller con going and i'm super excited and you know it's gonna be it's gonna be a good time but i'm really glad because like i said um being sober and doing derby the second round uh, time being sober is it's been really cool so far fuck yeah <clears throat> i totally get that vegas thing because in 2012 i was starting to taper off uh drinking and what have you so my friend laurel and i put that that vegas strip skate together that mass one that still happens to this day like i don't know like if people still participate even though it's not on the strip anymore but anyhow i digress um that was the alternative to the black and bruise ball for people who didn't want to get shit faced and still just skate. Yes, there was people there that were drinking and stuff to each his own, but myself, right. my partner at the time and others who were seeking out an alternative in Las Vegas, they joined us. We had like a lot of people out there. It was uh, pretty badass, but that's what that was for was the alternative to that. And you know, we had a ton of people show up. It was fucking nuts. What's that? An I said, I see people still like posting about it. Like the, the off skates. But I didn't know it started off as a sober. 
Well, yeah, because, yeah, because my, you know, Laurel and I, you know, we were like, hey, what if other people wanted to do this with us? So we just jokingly started an event like here out of Arizona. And then a lot of people showed up to it in 2012. We all met in the back of the Riviera. It was awesome. Yeah. You know, it's it's cool, though, because like being in Derby and just seeing people, I mean, some people don't grow and they're just like, you're like, oh, you know, and it's it's good to see other people like grow in their own way. Some people are like, yeah, like I don't really like eat sweets anymore. Um, You know, Laura Stabs doesn't smoke cigarettes anymore. And I remember her talking about like her journey of just like even not smoking cigarettes to be cigarettes free. So it's cool. You know, you, you involve hopefully when you get older, just, you know, to be the best person you can be in the healthiest. So with your newfound sobriety, what are some positions, what are the positions in roller derby that maybe you now feel that you have excelled at now that you can find a better version of yourself? Well, here's, here's the thing is that I was like, I want to jam, but then I'm like, whoa, 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 queen. I just want to jam. So I want to be center of attention and be like, Hey boo, you know, what I, mean? <laughs> I don't know how to do my makeup well, but I know how to showboat. And so I talked to my dad last season and he, he saw our, one of our games. And um, we were we didn't win a game, but then when I was coaching, I said, "Here's what we're gonna do, though. When we have people sub for us, no one's gonna jam, okay? So we're gonna play our players because when it's this season, like we're gonna we're we're not gonna rely on our subs. But we got the crowd going, and my dad's like, you know, what the bombshells are they're people's chance. I'm like, yeah, they're people's. <laughs> yeah. So I decided to come back and skate. Um, I've done a lot of stuff in my derby career. Like I said, I play on the hot shots. I was co-captain for three or four years. I was captain for a season. Um, I was never a trainer. I did. I helped train a minor socks one season. And because I also went back to get my master's during my derby career too. So I did a lot of cool stuff. So this time I wanted to come back just to be the best athlete I can be, but I wanted to finesse in. So I didn't want to go out there, try out for hot shots and do all these things. Like, no, 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 no. Like I, I needed to train my body and my mind back into it. And me, my goal this year is just to be like the best teammate I can. And, and I, and I know it's showing because a couple of my teammates are like, wow, you've been doing this for a long time. And you know what you used to do before to come back and coach. And then now like, you know, you're, you're like, you're, you take directions so well. And I, here's the thing. I was like, I'm a coachable person, not just in Derby, but in life. And I do view myself as a good leader. I think to be a leader though, you also have to take in stride and feedback and stuff like that. And I know I haven't, I've been gone for a while. So I, I, I just needed like embrace the journey of it and not, and not rush it. And, and like practice, I think last night, um, like Stabs, she's been helping coach to bombshells and she's phenomenal. Um, skating with the hot shots, like skating in her lineup, I learned a lot. And she's just, she's someone I really respect even outside of Derby as a person, as a leader, as a mentor. She's just a really amazing person. Um, you know, she trains really well. And one of my team, I think Skate was like, God, you're on it tonight. I'm like, yeah, the season's halfway over. Like I'm finally like, you know, everything's coming back to me. Like my mind, my body's catching up with my mind with Derby. Even though I do uh, CrossFit, I 
with my CrossFit training, I kind of dialed back more on my, my weights for strength to do like more burst of movement and stuff like that to train my body. So right now I am making it through the season. I did ask the hotshots coach, Adam and Sarge. I'm like, Hey, listen, I, by all means, I'm not trying to try out this season, but can I come and shout you guys a little bit? Cause I want to start coaching eventually. So I wanted to see, because, you know, Adam coaches the hotshots and the bride, Sarge does the scrappers and hotshots. So I kind of wanted to see like their coaching styles and like drills that they were running to get like a knack with that, because I think mental play is just as good as physical play. So that's just like surviving the season and showing up for my team. And when it comes to league stuff, you know, being a good league mate, paying my dues on time, uh, volunteering when I need to, but not too much because probably the biggest advice I give people in Derby is don't let it consume your life. Of course, like the first two or three seasons I, I did, but I also um, have a really good support system because even throughout my Derby career, like my friends love it. Even when I coached last season, they would just come to see me coach. Oh, so, that's, that's very special. My friends love sports. And so a couple of times like, man, should I like try switching it up on my team and like go somewhere else? And they're like, no, we're not buying another team shirts. Like blah, 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 blah. I'm like, ah, <laughs> okay. So, um, so yeah, like for me, like my exhortation is just, you know, being a good league mate and teammate and, you know, finding where I need to go. So, you know. Not trying to bite off more than I can chew. And I still need, you know, a show still needs her social life outside of this as well. You know, I got my fantasy leagues. I've got CrossFit. I got my job. Thinking about applying back to school for my doctorate. So I got things going on. <laughs> Fucking A. All right. So we got about six minutes left on this uh, video call here. Um, I don't know if it'll just like stop my recorder again. No, wait. Master accidentally stopped that. it. Yeah. Oh, right, right. Yeah. Um, so we're going to try to get to the end of this, but if you want to hang out at the closing of the show, um, we can just call you on the phone or whatever, but anyhow, um, what's your favorite dinosaur? My favorite dinosaur? Whoa, whoa. I don't even know. Okay. Come on. I like Godzilla. I just like, is this okay? Like Absolutely. Sure. But just to destroy stuff for no reason to be a villain and just do whatever you want to do. And then. To be like as a good guy, I really liked King Kong before, but man, after I saw Godzilla minus one, I'm like, is what is he? Is he a dragon? I don't even know what he is, but I like him. <laughs> Are you going to be doing any uh, bench coaching or anything at Roller Ridge this year? No, 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 not this year. My best friend's getting married, so we're doing bridal stuff that weekend. I might try to squeeze in to see the Sunday game, but you know, like I said, Derby is a balance. So I, I've got to like, you know, make time for everybody and plus myself. So. Yeah. I was just know. wondering if you were going to be putting on the, uh, the colorful wow. bow again this year. All over the clown town, my big bow and stuff. No, yes. not this, but I will be wearing my clown town stuff though on Sunday. So oh, they have nice. a go clown town. Very <laughs> nice. Uh, you got any, uh, quick ones master. Okay. Uh, do you have a post game meal? Listen, I don't have anything. I just, just chow down. 
I work out before games in the morning, you know, I just go with like whatever. Um, you know, what's so funny though, is I just read um, Kobe Bryant's book, Mamba Mentality. And then reading up on him, he listened to the Halloween like song. Cause he's like, I just zone out. Cause I'm going to kill somebody. So you know what? <laughs> I was all do, 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 do. When we, when we played the Valkyries, I was like, we're going to just murder them you know, blah, blah, blah. And then like, you know, like that killer thing. So I'm like, maybe I'm going to start listening to like nothing but the Halloween theme song on Bout Days. Oh, um, no, I don't, I drink an energy drink. I usually work out, um, just chill, hang out with my cats. If, okay. So if you had your own entrance, like if you were a pro wrestler into the arena of the bank track, what would your song be? Like, Oh my God, don't stop me now. Probably by Freddie by Queen or Baby I'm a Star. Baby I'm a Star, not, not by Prince. Like, come on. Uh, 1999, that's a given too. It, but my favorite intro right now for WWE is I like that um, Charlotte Flair, it's all, all hell the Queen. Because at work, I make everybody call me Queen Victoria. And I said, <laughs> today so <laughs> it'd be cool i i love it so even like when we do we change our intros this year so i just like to wave and like yell at the crowd and like hype them up you know sometimes they call timeout so everybody's like what's going on i'm like yeah yelling at things <laughs> and then my team <laughs> like show let's hype them up I'm like yeah let's do it <laughs> oh that's awesome oh and i'll show you what else i'll freaking have a cat one of them yeah what's your cat's names God, this is Carlton Bernice. He's 17. Oh, and then sweetie. I Missy Mama, she's somewhere. And I got Chance Leanne. And then I got uh Winnie Ann and Roscoe. Roscoe's on the over there. And then I got my dog Teddy. I don't know where he's at, but this is everybody knows Carlton. Oh, right on. <clears throat> All right. Uh you got any shout outs? Uh, to the bombshells, of course, my booze. I love them. Uh, uh, thank you guys for making my second wind of Derby. Probably, I think it might be my best. So, uh, AZDD, of course. Um, Phoenix Roller Derby. I actually skated, skated with Evil Star. I remember when she left, mm. AZDD started it. And I think that's still, still going on. So I was like, I'm going to check it out. I'm going to check it out. But, you know, maybe um, I'll have more time. I want to try a little bit of flat track stuff. So, yeah, drop into a practice. Yeah, come on out to a practice. Phoenix Roller Derby. Yeah, shout out to my husband, Mr. Showing Up, Bobby, my friends, Jenny, Athena, Gorman, Sandy, Kendra, Danielle, everybody, Rachel, Leandra. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. Hell yeah. Thanks so much for being on the uh, show with us. Yeah, for sure. It was and, fun. And text us your address so we can get your uh, card and shit like that sent out in your little package from Siphon Draw and what have you. Draw their Beauty Queen soap is the best. I live and die by their bath bombs. They're amazing. Fuck yeah. Um, <laughs> we, uh, the, I think I'm going to have to crack open the Black Beauty soap because we have a bar of it sitting in the bathroom and I like that one. It, it's it's awesome. Uh, well, yeah. Like I said, if anybody that's interested in like working out a sober workout, hit me up on like Instagram. I'm more active on Instagram, 
And I'll take you to barbells. Like I said, you just need 48 hours of being sober and it's completely free. It's located off the I-17 in Cactus. So, yeah. Very nice. Hell yeah. Do you want to give out your Instagram handle? I don't even know what it is. (laughs) (laughs) Find me out there somewhere. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, well... if you're following the show out from under the bed, I've, I've tagged it the other day. So you can go there. Um, yeah, so thank you so much for being on the program with us. me. And I will uh, be seeing you out there, hopefully on Sunday, because Cal Squad's going to make it to the uh, semifinal games for Cal Sunday. Squad yeah, Which right. All right, well, I'll probably see you Sunday. Fuck yeah. All right, thank you. All right, bye. Bye. All right, everybody. There you have it. That was our interview with Shona from the Arizona Derby Dames. Big thank you for her coming on the program and sharing some stories of roller derby and sharing the story of becoming sober. That was a pretty pretty good one. Um, you know, all of us have our own stories of that journey. And I'm glad she was able to come on and openly talk about hers. Uh, Master, you got anything from t- from this evening? No, it was a good time. All I, right. I, I liked uh, I liked her little tangent she went on. She was fun to listen to. Yes, a very good guest. Uh, I hope everybody enjoyed that one. If you would, if shit, yeah, if you enjoyed that one. You can go and leave a rating and review on Apple Podcasts and a rating on Spotify. That is going to push out from under the bed to the top of the algorithm and make it easier for people to find this fine program and hear of all these tales from these gladiators. So, yeah, do that and follow the show, (laughs) download it. If you're traveling around, if you're getting on an airplane, you can download it and then you can listen to us in the air. Yeah, you can take out from under the bed a mile high in the sky. Yeah, I'm tired, everybody. It's what, fucking nine o'clock? Yeah, it's getting there. Nine something at the meander limits on a Thursday. So, uh, yeah, we got a... Phoenix Roller Derby game coming up on the 20th of January. Mm-hmm. Roller Rage is going to be here on the 19th through the 21st of January as well. So follow our pages and stay tuned for more details on these events. Um, I, I had something else. Okay, so maybe I'll remember. Let me shout out our sponsor again, Siphon Draw Apothecary. You can find them 4650 North Mammoth Mine Road, Apache Junction, Arizona, 85119. That's where their physical location is. That is Goldfield Ghost Town. If you don't know, by me just reading off that address, that is Goldfield Ghost Town. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it is. And uh, you can uh, go visit there. There is... um, some cool stuff that happens there. Gunfights at the top of the hour. Yes, every hour they're fucking slaughtering each other out there. <laughs> they're just going through crew members left and right. Yeah, so 
Yeah, go check that out. Go support. <laughs> Stupid. Uh, oh, my God. Yeah, visit our sponsor, Siphon Draw Apothecary's physical location at Goldfield Ghost Town. And while you're there, go poke your head inside of that gallery. And while you're poking your head in there, squeeze your whole ass body in there and check out some of those art pieces because they are some fine pieces of art. You will not be disappointed. One might strike you, pull you in. You'll be leaving with it that day. Oh, also, too, I think uh, Dolly's doing some sipping paints, like some tea. Sipping teas and painting at the gallery. So check out uh, the Facebook page. Yeah, follow their socials, Siphon Draw Apothecary, Siphon Draw Art Gallery. I think that is across the board on all of the socials. So, Siphon Draw Apothecary, Siphon Draw Art Gallery. Big time shout out to our show artist, Cherry Jane. I'm so pumped on those theme songs. I cannot wait to bring them all to you here soon. And like I said, our opening theme song will be done by The Hideaway. And our revolving, cl- our revolving closing theme song that will probably play in the background underneath all this business stuff. So hopefully it's a long one. Um, is going to be done by Lost Nalgonis. So shout out to them. Oh man, I wish I had my book sitting here. Um, who's our next sober series interview? I think it's oh yeah, Shotgun Shell from the Arizona yeah! Roller Girls. Fuck yeah! Isn't shout out. Coming- she, yes, she skates the ramp. With yes, us. shotgun shell. So shout out to you for um, being on the uh, show with us next week and being a uh, in studio guest. Bring your skates in case you want to skate the ramp. We do have a ramp here. It's awesome to go out in your backyard. But anyways, if you're driving around in your car. Or if you're going to be driving around in your car, always, always, always look twice and save a life. Motorcycles are everywhere. Please, to whoever has the fucking power to do this, stop the genocide that is happening in Gaza and stop the occupation of Palestine. Free Palestine... This is the Boogeyman and Master Sedator returning back under the bed, but never back into the closet. Thank you all for listening. Good night.